It's another episode of the Gary and Mark Show, and I'm Gary. And I'm Mark. And we're coming to you... For the fifth time. For the fifth time. Or fourth time, yeah. Not live, but we're live. We are live. And where are we live, Gary? We are at DuPont State Recreational Forest. Here somewhere near... Western North Carolina. Yeah, near Brevard and Hendersonville. Yeah. And they are having a uh, festival, a forest festival, in honor of National Public Lands Day. Yeah. Fourth Saturday of every September, and we're happy to be part of that today. Yeah. So you're probably hearing this not till like November or so, but uh, it's a beautiful September day, actually. It Sunny, is. nice little white clouds, and uh, we are glad to be here. And we have, we've had several guests on, but I don't think any of them have been famous. But this one's famous. She's an author. She multiple is. books. Multiple and books. And, and got one coming out, too. And this, and what about this? I mean, you talk about National Lands Day, and a lot of her books, well, they do, have to do with places to go. History of, of lands, places to go. I met Danny probably 20 years ago. Wow. And then I remember her first book, Hiking the Carolinas, came out, I think, 07. We had a book launch at the store. I think we had 150 people. And it was during my tenure at Diamond Brand, of all the trail books we sold, it was our bestseller. Wow. Always was. And is that still in print? It, amazingly, guys, it's still in print. Hiking yeah. the Carolina Mountains. Well, let's bring her on. Let's have, officially introduce her. Then, all right. Gary. Okay. Who do we have here, Gary? Well... Danielle Bernstein, but she goes by Danny. Okay, Danny Bernstein. Yeah, and she and her late husband Lenny. I, let's see, they section hike the AT. I I couldn't name you all the places they've been. She's done all the trails in the Smokies. Wow. Uh, gosh, walked the mountains to see. Wow. Uh, and wrote a book about mountains to see too. So she's she she is a those uh. Those feet have covered some ground. And you know what? Even today at this festival, we saw her taking groups on a hike. I did, and I I find that very rewarding. So where were you going today? Today we were going to Wintergreen Falls. Yeah. And And um, how far is that from where we're sitting right now? Well, the round-trip hike was three and a half miles. Oh, wow. Longer. Leaves me out. Glad I asked. I started with 12 people, but only five actually stuck it out. For the whole thing. You know what? So the, there's a search party. I was going to say, there's seven no. of those no, are <laughs> probably still lost. Yeah. This is 12,000 acres in they here. They turned yeah. around, and yeah. I made sure they knew where they were going. You know what? Right. You could tell me, you know where you're going, and I would say yes, just to be nice, and then I'd, I'd be lost. We were in the Tetons, actually in, in the National Forest next to Tetons, 2016, and I had a kid who had to turn back. So I let my other three leaders and the other kids go. I said, I'll take him back. And all of a sudden, I turned around thinking, oh, my gosh, here's a fork here and a trail here. We got back, but had to ask this bird club or something, which way is it back to well, Teton Science School? But this is DuPont Forest. It and is. It is so well marked that uh, unlike a national forest, you have to t- try hard to get lost. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, I don't see a single sign. <laughs> well, but we're right here. At the, yeah. That's right. We're in the now, parking lot. And so. Danny here, you know, she did a follow-up to hiking the Carolina Mountains, hiking the Blue Ridge Heritage. Hiking 
Blue Ridge Mountains. Okay. Which and is diff- was different. It sounds the same, I know. But my first book was the Carolina Mountains, which included South Carolina. Yeah. And my second book, I went further east, uh, much further east to the, her- to the whole heritage area. Yeah. So, and then you did a book on the mountains to sea trail, Mount sea trail, which you've hiked, right? That yeah. I hiked. Yes, I. Um, and it wasn't that one was not a guidebook. It was a, a narrative on what you'd find on the MST, the history of what you'd find, and um, just a flavor of what it's like to walk the MST day after day, after day after. So, day. for our <laughs> listeners who we only have fifteen of them, they come from all over the world. Maybe it's 16. One guy was signing up right when yeah. he was standing here, Mr. Bird, okay, realtor in Hendersonville. So <clears throat> everybody probably knows when you say AT, it's the Appalachian Trail. And so tell us the M- Mountains to MST. MST, Mountains to Sea Trail. Tell us about is that trail. It's North Carolina's own long-distance trail. It starts at Clingman's Dome in the Smokies, and that's on the border of Tennessee and North Carolina. And it wiggles all the way down through western North Carolina, goes all the way up to almost Virginia. And, but remember, it's a North Carolina trail, so it doesn't go into Virginia. Comes back down through the Piedmont, does not go through any big cities, and um, goes around Raleigh into the eastern plains, which, by the way, was fascinating, and eventually ends up in the Outer Banks at Jockey's Ridge State Park. So how many miles would that be? Five hundred. Well, right, no, eleven hundred and seventy-five miles. But oh. it keeps changing mm-hmm. because um, the Friends of the Mountains to Sea Trail keeps changing it so that they can find more and more public land. So right now, it's not. Is it an actual con- trail? Yes, it? it's a. It's not a in theory. It is a trail. I I finished the trail in 2011. No, I'm sorry, 2013 or so, and I was number 21. There are now hundreds of people who have done the whole thing. So I mean, and now you got road walking. You get down. Yes, you got some road yeah. walking, but that's to me. That's part of the fascination. Yeah, it was so interesting to see cotton fields, tobacco fields. In eastern North Carolina, eastern Raleigh, things that you would not see if you're zipping by in a car or mm-hmm. even on a bike. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when people talk about, oh, it's got road walking. Well, I did several Camino de Santiago, and it is 95% on roads. Yeah. And uh, people are flocking to do this trail. So when you were... Were you in a car following it and writing your book, or were you actually hiking it? No, I was hiking so it. So were you... Were you, were you uh, not what you call it when someone goes with you with gear and food. No, and no, no, no. You no. were backpacking? We were not backpacking. Uh, there was very little legal backpacking on the MST. The way I did it is I had a friend, and we had two cars, and we were leapfrogging mm-hmm. day after day. In other words, we would put a car at the end, go back uh, with the other car, walk, let's say 12, 15 miles, and then catch up to the next car, and so on. The leapfrogging is the way we did it. Some people do have trail angels that um, actually pick them up. 
<laughs> but that's, you know, I don't know where you're going to get a trail angel like that. And um, some people do backpack. You cannot backpack legally yeah. on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, so every section hmm. was a different challenge. Mm-hmm. So what year was that book written? Uh, the book was published 2013. So I finished the trail 2011. Can you still get the book now? Oh, yeah, yeah. So people, where, where people can find your books? Well, obviously online, but... Um, online look, like at Amazon? Like at Amazon, yes. And also ArcadiaPublishing.com. Arcadia, com, Arcadia that? that's right. That is the publisher, and they would love to sell you books. Um, we'll put the name on their website good. so they can see it. And locally, because we are in Brevard, locally you could get it at Dee Dee Bullwinkle, the, yeah. which is the, the outdoor store of the area. And they have all of my books. They're wonderful. Wow. So how many books have you written all together? I've written five books. The one book that was a labor of love that is difficult to find other than on Amazon is... Um, Forest Alligators Battlefield, because that was a book that I wrote for the um, 100th anniversary of the National Park Service, and I visited every National Park unit oh my of the Southeast. By that, I mean not just national parks, but battlefields and monuments and memorials, and I defined the South the way the National Park Service defines the South. That meant I got to go to the Virgin Islands well, there you go. and to Puerto Rico. There was someone sponsoring this book? No, that was me. So you were taking a gamble that you would be able to sell copies? and I, Well, a gamble, you know, nobody makes money writing a book, outdoor books, period. <laughs> um, you, If you are John Gresham and you sell millions and they translate them in 20 languages and they make movies, yes. But, you know, outdoor recreation, looking at it here, is huge in all across the country, I'm sure. But here in western North Carolina, it's a major economic factor. Yeah. So people are probably clamoring for your books as long as they can find them on the bookshelf. Well, they can find them. Does um, REI have any? REI has all of my, all of my books. That's right. Um, and like uh, Gary said, Hiking the Carolina Mountains is um, still a bestseller. It's amazing. Um, The first two books were published by literally a mom-and-pop shop called Milestone Press, but they were traditional publishers. Actually, Jim Parham. Okay. 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 Jim Parham worked at Fallen Creek. I did not know that. Jim Parham is the guy who gets Steve Longnecker his honey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And so they published... a. Uh, the first two books. Great format. I love the format. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That's them. And yeah. then um, about four years ago, they retired, and they sold everything. They sold Milestone Press wow. to University of Georgia Press. Really? And so uh, University of Georgia is still publishing them. Yeah. So your first one was which one? Hiking the Carolina Mountains. Okay, so on that book... You were, you've been hiking for years before that. You yes. decided at some point, I need to write all this yes. up. But you were collecting all your notes all along? Yes. Um, I wouldn't say collecting notes, but I certainly was learning. Because uh, from the time we got here, um, we went with Carolina Mountain Club. And um, so we learned a lot of trails. And I was here at DuPont, I remember, in 2001, 2002 wondering about all of these buildings uh, that I saw and what the story was about yeah. them. 
And and that leads into we got a Danny's book about the history of DuPont. Which which is, is that your most recent That is the most yeah. recent book and it was published by the History Press by Arcadia. Yeah. History Press is owned by Arcadia. Um, it was published in September 2020, exactly a year ago. Not the best time to publish <laughs> a book in the middle of COVID. But uh, through the power of Zoom, I did a lot of book events at libraries and bookshops, oh. uh, History, uh, Western North Carolina Historical Association. And um, now, if all goes well, cross your fingers, guys, next month, well, October, I'm going to be at the Transylvania County Library. Oh, nice! Yeah. Live, live, Danny. All right, not 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 alive. You but know live. they've had. Some, I remember Frank DeFord came there. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Who was Frank DeFord? Oh, we famous Sp- sports he's, writer. He's he's dead now. Oh, a very wonderful. Well, he's a, known for sports writing, but he's a really good writer. And I just I'm like Frank DeFord at the trans. That was within a year or two of his death, I think. Yeah, and, you know, he went to Gilman where... That's right, Chris in Peterson Baltimore. Went. Yeah, well, so Danny here, this, I'm going to mention now, she's now working on a, a book, The History of the Carolina Mountain Club. That's right. And yeah. it's going to be how many years old? Uh, it's going to be 100 years old in 2023. And we predate the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. Wow. We predate... Every hiking club in the South. Yeah. Um, and we built, we, CMC, built most of the AT in the South. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm still talking about DuPont Forest, and I still yeah. come back here because I love it. Yeah. You had the, you had trails in DuPont in that first year you're hiking the Carolina Mountains. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and back when this first became, uh, you know, a, a, a place you could come hike. The only there was this free map, but it was there were so many. It was it's almost like the map was the size of a postage stamp. <laughs> I've seen and, those. And you have eighty miles of trail. It was hard to read. And yeah, I do remember uh, that the trails you described in here again. I just I just like that format that Milestone Press. Yes. Use. Yeah, I, it always had some history, and that's what fascinated me about this area. Uh, every trail has a story, yep. and it's uh, if you work at it, it's not that difficult to find the story. And Dupont, I mean Dupont Forest, the, the history is still being created. Um, Dupont Company is not out of here; they keep cleaning up the water. Yeah. And um, so even though they donated the last piece of land to the state, um, you can't go there because they or their subsidiaries are still cleaning up. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear they're cleaning up. Yeah. You know, I did look at DuPont. You know, it was initially early 1800, like 1803, French money, French machinery come to Wilmington to and start to, Make gunpowder. That's right. They started with gunpowder. Really? And um, just like our immigrants now, uh, the DuPont family, though they were rich, had to leave France because of regime, regime change. Yeah. They had to leave. They were aligned with the king. When the wow. French Revolution came, yeah. 
She knows her history. Gary's a historical historian too, you know. So. <laughs> well, I'm. I don't call myself a historian. Um, I don't have any uh, academic credentials for well, history. Neither does Gary, but uh, he but, knows I his mean, history. And so they had to leave France, came to the United States, and uh, one of the Dupont quote kids, E.I. Dupont, um, started um, making gunpowder, and they made gunpowder or their equivalent. Until almost until certainly after World War Two. Well, I was reading that they, I mean, estimate half of the gunpowder used by the Union Army. Yes. In the Civil War was made at that plant. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We keep that on the download down here in the South. Yes. <laughs> of course, you know, people we have listeners. Well, from uh, well, both depend, sides, so. depending on what you read. Yeah. Um, they they sold gunpowder to both sides. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so well, uh, uh, they were in business. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but you know, but then of course they diversified and diversified, and they came here looking for uh, the company, looking for clean air and water to make silicon chips in the 1950s. Yeah, amazing. So and, and that road they put in. I mean, I always knew it. I first drove it 50 years ago. It was always called the DuPont Road. Yes. Uh-huh. If you were going up to Cedar Mountain, if I was going to go to Camp Irox. Oh, that's what they called You'd come up, yeah, go up the DuPont Road. That's not 276, you mean? DuPont, it's Staten Road. Uh-huh. Right. No, okay. it's not 276. Okay, yeah, so it's a different it, road. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the one that it goes. It joins into to okay. another yeah. road that yeah. gets, yeah. yeah. So, are you a member of this? Your newest book's going to be about the Carolina Mountain Club. Say it again? Your newest book's going to be about the Carolina... I'm working on it now as we speak. Right. And are you a member? Of Carolina Mountain right. Club? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, last time I heard of them, like, average age was like 85 or something. Well, I don't know where you get your data off. <laughs> From Gary. Because <laughs> he said he wanted to join and he was too young. No. And he's 71 or something like that. 72. 72. Uh, well, uh, no, we, ha- we are most hiking clubs. Because I was a member of the Appalachian Mountain Club in New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Most hiking clubs are people 40 to 50 and older. Younger people who are athletic don't hike. They are, well, she was pointing to me when she said athletic, but she was not, did not mean me. You just <laughs> pointed um, this way. Uh, you know, <coughs> at different I'm, stages of your like. life, you do different sports. So people here who are in their 20s and 30s are usually mountain biking, and then later on they decide to hike, and uh, many join a club. I mean, that's how I learned the area. How else do you learn an area other than with people that um, have been here before you? So you you were a founding member? Of what? Carolina Mountain Club. No, they started in 1923. Why did you tell me she was one of the first members, Gary? I mean, I know I'm old, but I'm not that old. I'm not sure whose leg you're pulling here. (laughs) Did did you know Al Moore? Put it that way. Al Moore, no. No, No, she's not. She's very young. (laughs) Okay. Wasn't Al Moore part of that? Didn't he lead hikes with them or something? No, no. no, Charlie Moore? Well, Charlie Charlie Moore owns some property, you know, Moore Funeral Home. No. Brevard, he owned some property they deeded to Pisgah that is the connector. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. What's the... Connected to the uh, to the uh, Outlaw Trail? Uh, the, it will get you. I'm trying to think what that real steep trail is. Relatively new one. 
out of Brevard. You can walk out of Brevard and then walk into Pisgah Forest. Uh, I can't think of that. Okay, well, it's, without, it's mainly mountain bikes. Without seemed, without a map, it is yeah. hard to to tell which. But one. but a lot of that property was, I think, property Charlie Moore owned. That okay, he, nothing to do with no. CMC. Right. Try so, again. All right, so CMC, Carolina Mountain Club. Uh, it's still very active. Very uh, active, and we we not only hike. We have four hikes a week, wow. every week round year round. And do you lead some? Of course. Of course, and we also have a huge trail maintenance organization. And a bunch of them today are up at Max Patch. Uh, that's right, for National Public mm. Lands Day. That's right. And then next month they'll be at Big Bald. And right. they, but that is kind of the Saturday crew yeah. for people who punch a clock during the week. But if, uh, and they are, so we have a group that goes out every weekday. Yeah. A Monday group, a Tuesday group, etc. Now, the, most individuals don't go out five days a week, but a crew goes out to we because we maintain four hundred miles of trail. We maintain wow. about ninety miles of the AT, one hundred and forty miles of the MST, and various other trails in Pisgah. Wow! So, who's the president? Uh, pre- her name is Debbie Jones. You know, it's a regular organization. We vote on mm-hmm. president every two years. But the one we have now is Debbie. Her name is Debbie Jones. So, uh, have, you've hiked the whole AT? I've hiked the whole AT, yep. Do you remember Roan Mountain section? Of course, of course. Roan Mountain is here in this area. Right. Yes, of course. So, my wife and I had a summer camp at kind of the base of Roan Mountain in Mitchell County, North Carolina. Oh, really? So, What's the name of it? Well, I wasn't there for 15 years. Trail Ridge Mountain Camp. It was in Buladine. Uh, so the Pisgah Forest bordered our property to the north, right. west and east of us. And if you were to walk behind our property, but you talk about steep, you'd get to the 18, about 2,000 feet. <laughs> and we had a American Youth Hostel at our camp, so we'd have hikers drop down right, for that. Right. But there was the old, uh, I can't remember, the Greasy Gap Shelter. So there was a... A greasy, greasy Creek campsite, and then there was a shelter on Iron Mountain. Uh, not Iron Mountain, Hughes Gap. Right, area. well. I can't remember uh, the name of any of these. We finished the AT in 1998, so there's no way I'm going to remember every mile of it. Right. But, but uh, we were we had moved out by then, but just barely. How about that? Someone else had to camp then, by the way. Right. Uh, well, so the this book, DuPont Forest of History, it's out now. Is that it's right? It's out now. It came out last year. It can be gotten every place uh, and online, of course, REI. And uh, it tells the story of this piece of land from the time of the American Revolution, uh, the settlers that came here after the Revolution, all the way to the land being consolidated, to DuPont Company coming, DuPont Company leaving, and it becoming a recreational forest. And, you know, speaking of summer camps, there was a summer camp. Oh, yeah. There was a summer camp here. Really? Summit camps. Summer, the summit really? camps. For how, At when the, air, they, the airport. I'll, I'll think of the guy's name tomorrow summer who had that. His, ben Cart was his name. Oh, I know that name. Well, there, was that, that, was, <laughs> that was the guy who started the camp. He was what I call a serial entrepreneur. He owned... He was in another business, came here, started a camp in the uh, late 60s. He, he and his crew 
the ones who built uh, Lake Julia. Yeah, and uh-huh. named after his wife. His first wife. His fr- yes, I say. Yeah. <laughs> she would know. So, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, he they built the airport, didn't he? The airstrip. Yeah. I wouldn't call it an airport, Airstri- yeah. but yeah, the is, airstrip. Is that still there? The yeah. Oh, yes. You can hike it. Yeah. And um, I lead a hike that starts from Fawn Lake, which actually I'm going to lead next month for okay. Friends of DuPont, and talks about the history of both the summit camps and DuPont. Uh, but there's a lot of artifacts from the summer camp. Uh, and then in the late 80s, he was on to his third wife, yes. and he um, he decided he was done with camps. So um, he ended up selling the land to Dupont. Okay, I thought I thought Dupont owned the land and he leased him a no, space. No, 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 no. He bought the land. Summit camps. Uh, summit camps. There was a girls' camp. There was a boys' camp. Yeah. And I have met and talked to uh, people in their sixties, seventies who were campers. There and loved it. It was the best time of their lives. Well, that's how we're, Gary and I met at a summer that's camp. That's true. Fifty something, year, fifty years plus a month or two. Yeah. yeah. Now, what camp was did you meet at? Camp Mondamon. Oh, okay. Tuxedo. That's right. Now, this, as you know, I don't have to tell you guys. This area is full of summer camps. Yeah. 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 Summit camps being just one of them. And my first time on the Dupont Road, going taking some boys from our camp up to Camp High Rocks in Cedar Mountain to play tennis. You came to this And way. see High Rocks, that property was logged by Frank Bell to get the lumber to build Camp Green Cove. Goodness. And then he sold that property to Sumner and Jane Williams, and they started High Rocks. Yeah, it's all... All connected somehow. All connected. Well, Sky Valley was a camp. Well, it's, it's nice to be here at this festival and meet someone famous. Yeah. We didn't... Yeah. We have... Pete Landry wasn't famous, but we've got a famous person here, so... Uh, we want to thank you, Danny, for being on this show. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You guys were so much fun. And hold it. We're not done with you yet, though. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, because you don't know this, but here in episode 50, this is our 50th episode. Oh. We, Gary and I are founders of a famous university. Yes, we are. Tell her about the university, Gary. Uh, the Gary and Mark Podcasting University. The only university in the world where you can... Grad, enroll and graduate in the same day. The same day. Sometimes the same hour. Same hour. And incur no debt. And incur no debt. And get a master's, uh, a BA or a, B, a BS. BS. It's BS. a lot. It's a real a lot of BS in, uh, in podcasting. So we are going to make Danny Bernstein our latest graduate. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so not only do you get to be a graduate... You get an, uh, an official diploma. You'll have to fill in your own name. Yeah. Okay? Because yeah. we didn't know you were going to be on today. Yeah. But uh, we will have you on our website and your name listed, yes. honor of extra honor graduates up yeah, there. Yeah, she might even become a member of the faculty. You know what? We need someone in charge of writing how, books on hiking the trails. There you go. And we, we don't have any trails. You know what? She could develop the trails on our campus. In Watershed. She could. Would be interested in that? Well, absolutely. We got land that's kind of like that, and uh, used to be like a car lot on one time, but you could probably put in about a half-mile trail for us, don't you think? Well, I think so. That's something else I could move on to, right? You could. Well, let's take our sponsors. All Gary. right. The Big Whiz Pocket Buddy. Rabbit, Rabbit Island. Island. Okay. Uh, Salute Outfitters. Home of, what is the home of, Gary? Gre- Big Eddie's Green River Taproot. Pretty close. 
L.J. Myers and his White Dove releases. And our newest sponsor, Athletic, Athletic Brewing, Brewing, maker of non-alcoholic beverages and yeah. also Iron Key Brewing in Columbus, yeah. North Carolina. So we want to thank again Danny Bernstein, famous thank author you, and trail hiker yeah. here. Done them all for being here. I am Mark. I'm Gary. And, and I'm this, Danny. Thank and you. And that's the Danny. Gary and Mark Show signing off. We're See you soon. <laughs>